What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Into the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, AfterBuzzers. We're here doing another AfterBuzz TV after show for MTV's Team of Season 5, Episode 7, Strange Frequencies. I'm your host, Kristen Elizabeth Snyder. Joining me, AfterBuzz TV host, Courtney Tezano. Hello. Keep in touch with me at Tezano's on Twitter and Instagram. And from MTV's Are You the One and the Challenge, Brittany Baldy. Hey guys, what's up? You guys can follow me at Brittany Baldy on all social media. Thank you, Kristen and Courtney. And from Are You the One, Ryan Malady. Hi everybody, Ryan Malady. Keep up with me everywhere at Ryan Malady. Also, I'm sitting here on YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV in the live chat. So jump on in there and talk to us. Our special guest this evening is a writer on MTV's Team Wolf. Please welcome Will Wallace. Hello. Hey everybody. <laughs> Will, I am so excited that you could join us today. Me too. I know that you've been there from the beginning of Team Wolf. So Pretty before much. we get into it, I just want you to give the fans a, a little bit of your story and background and your rise mm. to the top on Team Wolf. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I got hired by uh, Karen Gorodetsky and Joe Janier, two of our exec producers, way back on season one when they were doing some reshoots for uh, season one. And then they kept bringing me back, and then when the show moved out here permanently, I was the first person they hired, and I slowly moved into the writer's room, and now I'm getting to write scripts. Look That's at awesome. you. He really put in the time, too. I mean, you were what, a PA when you yep. started, then a writer's assistant, yep. and now you're writing scripts on Team Wolf, so it pays off. Climbing the ladder. <laughs> it yeah. does. Just is that the dream? Uh, yes, wow. it is. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Well, I'm happy you could join us today and provide lots of spoilers for our fans at home. <laughs> I will try to not give away all the secrets. I know. Just, he, just throw us a few. Definitely. Yeah. And everybody, use the hashtag ABTVTeenWolf to let us know what you're thinking about this episode and what you thought about the episode from last night. And if you want to call in and ask Will a question, hashtag spoiler, uh, <laughs> you can call us at 424-256-1729. Again, that's 242 242- Two five six seventeen twenty nine. Yes. Right. Now let's talk about the episode "Strange Frequencies." Courtney, initial uh, thoughts. Oh, um, initial thoughts. I don't know how to feel. There's so many emotions in frequencies. Yes, it was a crazy episode, mm-hmm. you guys. Brittany, did you have a favorite part? My favorite part, I think, was. Hold on, let me, let me check my notes. I like towards the end when they were talking about Donovan, Tracy, and Lucas, and they were figuring out the different, uh, the DNA, and how they're all connected, and the Dread Doctors, and why they chose them, and I thought that was really interesting, and started to tie the 
series together. Yeah, we kind of season. predicted that last week. People on the interwebs were kind of telling us that maybe they thought there was a transplant within all of them and, and this mm-hmm. like tonight we kind of find out that it was skin graft slash they all got some sort of <coughs> transplant Alert. from a chim- chimera mm-hmm. is that yep. correct will well they are <laughs> genetic chimeras which are a real thing and basically you become a, ge- a genetic chimera if you get like some kind of transplant and what that means is you now have two sets of DNA. So you have yours, and if you get a skin graft, well, that's not your skin. That's mm. someone else. So there's DNA in that skin cool. from someone else. So so does that mean you're, like, two people, like the fox and Kira? Uh, These people are, like, themselves and a chimera? Anything is possible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Will would not give me anything after the episode. I was literally screaming, like, who is this? What's happening? He's not giving us anything, but we're going to get something out of him today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see. All the spoilers out of him. Bring out the Dread Doctor tools. <laughs> we got our torture chair here after us. So let's talk about Theo and yes. Styles sort of hiding their secrets from Scott in the pack. Now we know Styles is afraid of losing his friendship with Scott, which I think is really sweet, but come on, Scott is not gonna he's gonna understand yeah. that it was self-defense. Mm-hmm. And Theo, we learned a lot about him this episode, and I was like yeah. starting to be like, okay, maybe he just wants to be in the pack. Like, I like him. Um, no, he watched his sister die. He is a... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sick individual, as we thought before. Yeah. And he enjoyed it. Well, was that your idea in the writer's room? No, that was not my idea. Uh, I'm not really sure where that came from. But it, there was a lot of talk of, you know, like, what exactly is Theo's backstory? How did all this come about? How did he become uh, the young man that he is now? And... Slowly as the season progresses, we'll start getting a little bit more pieces and putting all the uh, all those pieces together. Wow. And it's gonna be fun. Wow. I don't know if I would say fun. <laughs> you guys, you, Making you, my heart kinda go. Yeah, you, 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 you're stressing me out. <laughs> I, I, I need some therapy. Uh, I, I, you wanna trade places? Can I be on the couch? I need to lay down, I think. Yeah. Honestly, this episode is <laughs> it gave me anxiety, man. It's it stressful. Intense. There's a yeah. lot going on. A lot going on. And I, I asked the chat what their most stressful moment was. <laughs> what did the chat have to oh, say? Oh, man. Honestly, everyone, everybody is just rest in peace, Roscoe, the Jeep. Oh, <laughs> so Out of everything, right? The Jeep. Yeah, but there's a lot of emotion tied to that car. But uh, oh, Do you think man. he's going to patch it up with duct tape? I mean, maybe he <laughs> has I mean, that Jeep. I oh, feel like God. it can be fixed. We'll see. He's he's put a lot of work into that Jeep, and it's now more duct tape than anything else. But I'm sure he can get it run again. We'll just have to see what happens. That's I don't know right. if that survived the flames. I don't think so. The duct tape surviving that? We can restore it. We, more we, duct tape. We All right. You know what? We're going to have some hope for that car. We have the technology. Okay. We'll take the Morello lawnmower and throw it in there. I'm sure we'll be fine. Yeah, right. So we find out that Hayden... Is a chimera. And Did anyone else see that coming? I mean, I think that we somebody here probably said that we we knew she was something, something. but we didn't know exactly what she was. But she was had those healing properties that mm-hmm. we noticed early on, so we weren't exactly sure what she was. But <laughs> how about when Liam tells her 
he's a wolf and he shows her. He's like, let me, <laughs> and she punched him in the face. I mean, that was the ultimate revenge, right? right? <laughs> that was funny. Punching him back how in do you guys, How do you fit so much humor in such dark situations like that? Well, it's always necessary to do that because with, with the show being Teen Wolf and, and some of the things we deal with monster-wise and story-wise it can get very heavy really quickly yeah. and it's just always we don't necessarily look for ways to inject humor but it's just as we're breaking scenes and breaking certain stories the jokes just form naturally mm-hmm. and we're like oh we should do this right here because it'll be funny because everything's about to get crazy, right. you know? And so it's just little things like that where, where uh, she punches him in the face and we were <laughs> we were trying to figure out, you know, because they're, they're running away and it's like, how can he convince her that this is all real and he's not insane? And he's like, oh, well, he probably just roars at her. And we're like, oh, no, that's cool. And then uh, someone, <laughs> I, I don't remember who it was, but someone was like, and she probably punches him in the face because that would scare her. And we were like, done, start writing immediately. <laughs> yes. and, and that just went right into our map and, and that was it. I'm yeah. sure she enjoyed that scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. What? That, I don't know if it's been answered, but the sixth grade thing, is that it's still a total mystery? Or? No, we answered that last week. You must have been me? sleeping on the couch, right? Um, I was, so uh, what no, happened I was, was. Oh, that's right, you were eating. <laughs> Edie brought cookies. Oh, his, my God. From Australia. And Very nice. Ryan was eating all the cookies. Oh. He was in a food coma yes. over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what happened was Liam accidentally, he had anger management issues in the sixth grade, and he was fighting, and she tried to stop it, and he ended up punching her in the face. Yeah, she so was in the crossfire. kind of, yeah. Not Collateral so damage. instant karma, but mm-hmm. eventually. And yeah. she had a broken nose in the yearbook. And yeah. we all know those yearbook photos just oh. don't go away. Those things don't stay go away. years later. Forever. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I had a yearbook burning party. <laughs> I got rid of those things. I don't burn mine. I hide them. <laughs> well, pretty soon you're just going to be able to pick your Facebook, your favorite Facebook profile pic and throw it to the to the yearbook. To the yearbook. Probably. Probably. Like virtual yearbooks. Do they don't have those yet? They need to get them. They will. Team Wolf will have it. Probably. <laughs> well, it's already on their phones, apparently. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, they got access to some wicked cool technology, don't they? They really do. Beacon Hills is at the forefront of technology. Yes, so what right. did you guys think about the plan tonight to use Hayden as bait? I mean, uh, I know Liam didn't like that, and I feel like this was kind of out of character for Scott a little bit. I don't remember him ever doing this, but it does feel like this season he's feeling like he's not doing the best job that he can. He's very overwhelmed being senior year. I think oh, yeah. that's the perfect dynamic since he's a senior. That's the most stressful time of your life, really. Well, not really, but leading up to some of the <laughs> most stressful moments of your life so for him to be tackling all of that I love that dynamic no no it's absolutely true desperate times call for desperate measures and uh, as we've seen so far in this season Scott is more so than usual in over his head you know and mm-hmm. things are and, and someone said uh, I, I think it was you know we're losing we don't even know what the game is you know mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. failure after failure after failure and he's starting to unravel a little bit. It's like, how can I continue being the leader of this pack and a protector if I don't know what I'm fighting against and I don't know who to protect because we are finding these chimeras just willy-nilly. You know, as you saw at the end of the episode, Mason's like, hey, I've got one more. And he's like, oh, Corey, God. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. just one after the other and it's 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 this war that Scott's fighting and he's he's losing. And then even yeah. Love and Paradise, like, what kind of relationship does he have right now? <laughs> he doesn't even know if he can trust her. Yeah, there's there's just a lot going on, and and it's uh, it's a lot of uh, uh, people not talking to each other, and that's mm-hmm. definitely a theme of 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 the season is just the secrets we keep and and Ooh, things like that, which is always like a problem. That. You know, I mean, it, it's it's 
it, and a lot of it comes from just fear, mm-hmm. you know, because he doesn't know how to handle the situation. And then with Kira, it's like, I don't know if I can trust her. And, you know, if he just talked to her, who knows what would happen. But again, it, it's fear. You know, what he's seen when she asked him uh, to look at her and he saw the fox just was massive on top of her and and all the things that they've seen where the fox is just coming out you know and that's not something we've ever seen before so something else is going on and it's just how do we handle this situation and and scott is dealing with a lot of new things for the first time and especially a lot of just defeat you know Mm. scott and the pack they they get licked a couple times every season but they're being defeated Mm -hmm. you know so it's just a lot going on, and it's going to take its toll on Scott, you know, as it's already happening now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So communication, guys, is key. <laughs> I honestly feel like every problem we have in society is really comes down to communicating and people not communicating properly yes. and breaking up <clears throat> and high school drama. It's just people not talking or talking too much. Well, let's talk <laughs> or, about... Or just getting attacked by their mom in the middle of class. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, I'm teaching her defense. That was nuts. Yeah, so Kira's parents come into the rescue. It seems like they were probably noticing a difference in her behavior as well. Yeah. And what is that, the acupuncture that they're trying to use to redistribute the power to the human rather than the fox? But that backfires. And she leaves one fifteen. That's what I want to know. Bed. What is that? What does that yeah, symbolize? What, that on the bed? what does that mean? I wrote that down actually. I'm like, I thought it was a classroom number. Maybe Good guess. Good guess. A room number in um, Melissa McCall's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, you guys, I freaked. Who is it? Who is that? Tell us, William. <laughs> He no. wouldn't tell me. I can't. Tell but I, I will say about the shooting uh, of that scene, uh, the writers' room because uh, we're all in just a warehouse in Northridge. So our writers' room, you go out a door and you're immediately on the hospital set, oh, wow. and then you walk out the emergency room entrance and you're on our stage. And right there is the Scott McCall house. So when they were shooting that scene for, I don't remember how long it was going on, but every few minutes you would just hear this nerve-wracking scream <laughs> echoing across the the stages, and that was her. Doing that, Melissa doing McCall. that scene. Yes, yeah, Melissa McCall doing that scene, <laughs> oh, and uh, it was tough to listen to, you know, because I mean, you know, uh, Melissa Pontio is, is such a wonderful actress. I mean, she doesn't phone anything in. It's like, okay, I'm in it. I am there 100, percent and she just went for it every single time. And it's it's blood, you know, it's blood curdling while we were shooting, and then watching the episode, it's it's even worse because I mean, she's seen a lot, obviously, on the show, and, and but it's never. It's never been at home. Right. You know, this is the first That's time. That's a new level. Yeah, yeah. this is something else. So. And with Kira's sword. Exactly, the missing sword. In her. Well, yeah. do you guys think, I mean, we almost saw Kira, Kira kill her mom. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys think that her sword was stolen and this is a setup? Or do you guys think that the fox took hold of Kira and committed this murder? I definitely think that that's Kira. I think she's a little out of control, and she doesn't know that this is happening to her. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, Ryan? Well, I mean, you get that blood pumping. You the know? And the, the, yeah, the animal instinct starts taking over. Um, so, I mean, it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, she's... Her mother was, like, encouraging it to come out, though. That's, what I, I, that's the vibe that I, I got saw it as, like, it. a training yeah. exercise. Yeah, she was they, training her. They probably have gone through this before, but right. she's really trying to pull this fox out of her. Um... And what a foxy fight can it be? Yeah. <laughs> what a really bonding crazy. moment, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Quality mother-daughter time. Yes. Yeah, as quality. Kira says. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, but, you know, I I was even more curious as to when she almost killed Scott. 
at the end? Yeah, were well, those hallucinations? Now, right, those were hallucinations. Everyone went into a hallucination of sort of like what their worst fear, I guess, was at the time. Their fears crept in, and he said recently he didn't think he could trust Kira, and so I think that was in the back of his head, and that came through in the hallucination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the doctors are bringing their Maybe fears, shouldn't have read the night- book. Their nightmares. Speaking of the book, maybe the 115... Um, it's a page number! It's a page number. Stephanie Golding says, Ooh. Ryan, ask him so we can watch his face. Will we see his it face? Was I don't know. <laughs> no. You guys, it's page 115. <laughs> yes. I think Stephanie, he has a copy a of the out. book with him. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Did you write, did you write the book? Well, I actually did write the book. Uh, the pages you see in the book, I wrote three or four chapters of just what that book would be. Wow. And yeah, so if like you freeze frame, it's 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 a story. Is that, see what can it that is. be found anywhere? So cool. Can people go find it? Uh, not at the moment. I don't know if anything like you that would happen, really but just freeze frame that. and you'll see it. Okay. No, <laughs> you should get Jeff's approval for after the season is over to actually publish it publish because it would be fun. We would buy it. Would, yeah. Oh no, people would buy it. Yeah, and then we would have. Hallucinations. <laughs> Hallucinations. <laughs> and recovered memories of... I'm going to let you guys Maybe give I'll me a synopsis guys read it. Yeah, of what happened. Just tell me what happened. Courtney's yeah. like, I'm not reading it. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> well, what did you do, Will, to prepare to write that book? I mean, did you do some research, some ideas? What did I do? Well, is we it had... just your journal, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is my dream journal. I changed some names, and I threw the Dread Doctors in, and I was like, here you go, guys. And Jeff was like, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> no, uh, uh, really research, no. It was just uh, having fun with it, you know, because really uh, the story and what's happening in our season are just similar enough, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. something weird is happening in this East Coast town and the Dread Doctors are there doing things, mm-hmm. you know. And so basically I just took that idea and just wrote a chapter for the beginning of the story, uh, a middle of the story, and the end of the story. Just to, And I just had fun with it. And uh, Eric Wallace, our producer, I would write a draft of the chapter, give it to him, he'd give me some notes, and I would rewrite, and he'd be like, oh, perfect. And we would give it to uh, Kat, our props, uh, uh, you know, our props lead, and they would go off and make a book out of it. And That's wow. so cool. It was a lot of fun. It was it was just a, a lot of fun. Well, you're officially a novelist. Yeah. Yes. Officially, I guess. That's so, right. Yeah. You're right. You're yes. right. It's like writing within writing. Exactly. Within. It's very meta. Yes. Yeah. Not very meta. I love that. <laughs> well, let's talk about Corey being a chimera and how Mason is really becoming an important part of the pack. I feel like he's becoming a sort of styles figure yes. from the past. Now that he is sort of the new character and all he can really do is research, he's doing a great job, though. He's helped Kira, and I feel like he's really going to be the one who pulls things together for the pack because everybody else is busy fighting. Mm-hmm. So we need somebody who's reading and trying to find the facts. What do you guys think? I definitely agree, and I think right now Styles is not on his A-game anymore because mm-hmm. he has so much guilt that he's harboring, right. so this is the perfect person, perfect character to put in um, as that person. Yeah, I feel like Mason is nice and level-headed, and he and Help bring people back together. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. nice and level-headed. Nothing crazy. No one's chasing yet. him at this moment. Yeah, yeah. nothing crazy is going on. No one knows that he's a part the of the pack yet, yeah, so they true. have no reason to really chase. That's right. very true. Uh, Mason is a, a wonderful character because it's always interesting how uh, new characters are brought into the fold and told uh, you know, the information. Like, like Sheriff Stalinsky was just like, I don't know how to wrap my head around this. So Styles has to do the chessboard and it, of course when Melissa found out it was just heartbreaking in season two 
too when she sees her son wolfed out and it was you know <laughs> and then uh with with mason he he's just so into this stuff already so that when he found out he's just like this is the greatest day of my life you know <laughs> yeah. and he's just got such enthusiasm but at the same time as he's now slowly becoming a member of the pack he's he is discovering that it's not all fun and games like this isn't how it works that like if you're if you're in this, you are in this mm-hmm. to, to the end, you know, and, and he, you know, we'll be seeing more from him and he's just a really good character. Colin Rambo, who, who uh, plays Mason <laughs> is just the best and Aww. so much fun to work Aww. with. And he always brings it all the time, but he also, it's just that energy he brings. And a lot of that is just for the character of who, uh, of someone who is just so invested in his friends and learning about them and wanting to just be able to help. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh, we'll Love's be seeing more from, we'll be seeing more from Mason. Good. Cool. good, good, good. Yeah. I was excited to see <coughs> Stalinsky asking Melissa about yeah. key card. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm excited because obviously that's beginning them working together. And he, Lyndon Ashby, is coming back next week with Susan. So they're going to be in studio with Very us. Nice. Hopefully they can uh, lay it down for us and let us know that romance is in the air. I don't know. <coughs> oh, it is. It, <laughs> it has it, to be. It was a lot of fun when we had the idea that. Uh, um, I don't remember how it came up, but that Stillinsky had taken off his wedding ring because mm-hmm. it's been years since since Claudia passed away, and uh, that and then we were like, okay, well if that's happened, we need to go on a date, you know. <laughs> and then of course the first thing we thought was, oh, okay, well his wife is on the show, let's just have them go out on a real date, you know. And and that was just a lot of fun because you know you would be expecting Melissa right. to be the one, and then it's Natalie, and uh, but there's there there could still be hope for. Uh, uh, Melissa and Stolinsky uh, shippers, who I happen to be. One <laughs> yes, of. good. Um, oh, I love them. I love them so much. But um, we'll just have to see what happens. They just have this great sort of uh, uh, flirty attitude together, and and you just you look at them, especially in that key card scene where she's like, "They're going to take away this key card that lets me into the you know that lets me into the file room. Would you like to see how it works?" And he's like, "Yes, ma'am." And uh, and it's just like this couldn't be more adorable. Yes. So yeah, he's time. like, "I'll meet." You know, I, I gotta say, I'm really loving the um, depth of storylines that you're giving the adult characters in this oh, season. Yeah. You got all the drama that the teens go through, but since they're getting a double yeah. dose of drama, <laughs> we get a little bit of backstory and more of the real relationship. Uh, that you see, I guess, in real life. Mm -hmm. Because kids always have to deal with their parents, Mm -hmm. and now we're seeing parents dealing with each other. That's right. I mean, is it different writing, you know, stories for, you know, the younger (coughs) crowd to get get into adventures? Yeah, we we don't really look at it like that, because we're a very different high school show where we don't really deal with high school problems because we've got monsters that we have to deal with. (laughs) So, you know, it's hard to be like, oh, I didn't get a good grade on the math test. Oh, a monster, monster. You know, know, so uh, we don't really think about it as adult stories and kids' stories. We just write stories Mm. for the characters, and that's just the best way for us to approach it. So that, because there's really not much of a, div- a divide between our car- uh, our uh, adult characters and our teenage characters, because mm-hmm. they're all they all they're very close. They all love each other. You know, I mean, they're all one big team. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like on on a lot of high school shows where we've got the adult characters who just don't get the kids. Yeah, you know, and the kids <laughs> who just ah, the stuffy parents. You know, and we just yeah. don't really deal with that. So it's just we just write stories for all of them to, to take part in. Well, we love how you do that. Yes, Team Wolf is Thank all you. about life lessons. I love yes. that. Team yeah. Wolf and Adult Wolf 
I don't. Yes. I cannot wait any longer. I have to talk about Parrish. Please, that that's dream oh, hallucination with Lydia. Oh boy. Whoa. Oh, making out in the car. Yeah. 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 What was that all about? Truly steamy. <laughs> that was tough. Uh, I can't read that. <laughs> oh. You got a call? Like, I think it's time for Mazda. Yeah. Oh, sure. Well, we actually we did have a few people saying on the live chat that they were trying to call in, so we're gonna go ahead and figure that out and while we're doing that I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor because this show is free to watch on Mm -hmm. iTunes and YouTube and the way it stays free is with sponsors like Mazda so does driving matter to you there's over 4 million miles of road in the US to find out and that's a lot of ground to cover Mm. a lot of highways, freeways, wrong ways long ways, they're all there waiting to be driven on so do you take that left turn at Albuquerque or just keep on going (laughs) <laughs> do you wake up early Sunday morning for a drive before the traffic does? Or do you take the long, winding road home for a change? If driving matters to you, just get out and drive. Why? Because driving matters. Mazda. Yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. <laughs> zoom, zoom. Well, we know driving matters to Styles, so I really hope to see Roscoe in the future. Actually, actually I do want to give out a little personal shout-out to Mazda. I was actually, you know, hit by a truck uh, last week in my While Mazda. While driving Mazda. And, uh, and I walked away. So I got I to gotta say that... Um, like awesome. Dirt awesome. car. I own a Mazda as well. You know what? <laughs> you can feel safe. Mm-hmm. Mazda! To and, and, now, we and now we have a call. Yes. yes. Right. Caller, what's your name? Where are you from? And how much do you love Mazda? <laughs> Hello, caller, what's your name? Where are you from? I keep Hi, it's uh, Natasha from Quebec, Canada. Wow. Hi, Natasha. Do you have a question for the writer of Team Wolf? Wallace is in studio with us. Uh, yes, I want to ask a question. Okay. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Okay, uh, so it doesn't have to do with the fifth season, but I was wondering if, um, uh, Will, if you knew, um, like, how long did it take to Deaton to realize that Scott was a werewolf? Is that something that you knew in the writer's room that we never got to know? Well, that I cannot speak to because I was not a part of the writer's room for uh, season one and those early goings. But uh, for the character Deaton, I would say my headcanon on it is because of Deaton's history with the Hale family and all Mm -hmm. of that. I think once uh, Scott was bitten, he started to notice something immediately because I... I'm very confident that that uh, Deaton had seen these types of things before. Right. You know, uh, you know, born wolves coming into it naturally, or other people being bitten by uh, stray alphas or things like that. So, uh, uh, I'm sure he noticed pretty early on what was going on. But of course, he, uh, uh, being Deaton, he keeps everything close to the vest and doesn't really reveal anything until it's uh, time. So, all right, oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so, thank you so much for calling yes, in. All right, guys, if you have a question at home, you can feel free to call us at 424-256-1729.
<laughs> so let's get back to Parrish and Lydia. Yeah. Because that okay. was crazy. Is that, and creepy. That was for sure. Uh, hallucinate, hallucination. Hallucination. Yeah, right? but it's like I also feel sure. like it has to do... His face is looking a little like... It was a hallucination because Lydia had a hallucination too. Yeah, I know, but yeah, remember like, that card... Yeah, but remember the but card? Tracy. I feel like he finds those a lot. Can you tell us anything about that, Will? Not specifically to the cards, but they were hallucinations. You know, okay, like we yeah. saw when uh, the Dread Doctors arrive and uh, the pathologist arrives, he his uh, he was able to send out a frequency from his glove that went through the speakers and through the radio. They just started affecting everybody. And, and like you saw, it was all their fears. You know, and we've seen mm. uh, Parrish talk about his fears with Lydia before, about the thing, his dreams that he hasn't really been completely honest about, but mm-hmm. we've seen the dream, and we know what he's up to, uh, even if our, our characters don't know quite yet. So clearly it seems like his fear is hurting Lydia oh, yeah. in some type of way. And since, right. of course, he is some kind of fire monster, uh, <laughs> he's worried about you know burning her and burning other people. And so, uh, so that was crazy. When he makes out with... Lydia, he may burn her. <laughs> it gets very hot, as you saw in this scene. Lots of clothes being ripped off, all, you know. Super steamy. Yeah. Yeah. She took her hand and, like, put it down his chest, and slowly yeah. you could see, like, the burn marks. That was, was awesome. like, so yeah. hot. I mean, they, creepy at the same oh, time. It was hot. Hot. They've made out a lot without really making out in for real, but in dreams. When are we going to see that? I know. And you know what's going to happen. Watching. So, can you fill us in a little <laughs> bit on what Parrish is doing, though? Yes, we think he's the phoenix, because that's just going around for all, for a while now. But can you tell us, so he's taking these bodies to the Nemeton. Mm-hmm. Are they being reborn? Are they part of his army? Are they feeding the spirits of the Nemeton to keep peace? What's happening, Will? Which Which of those theories do you like? <laughs> and we will go with that one. Well, let's ask our caller. Okay. Caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Hello? What's your name? Where are you from, caller? Hi, I'm Meredith from Connecticut. Hi, Hi Meredith. East Coast. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a question for Will Wallace? He's one of the writers, and he's in studio with us today. Yeah, I do. Um, my question is... A while back on social media, um, this has to do with Styles of Jeep, they, people were saying that he's so attached to it because it's Claudia's Jeep. Ooh. Is there any truth to that? I cannot say yes or no to that uh, because I don't remember. So, <laughs> uh, but let me, let me just jump in. I don't remember that being a thing, um, but that would be awesome. And wonderful, mm-hmm. uh, but I cannot say with one hundred percent confidence that that is true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that sounds like a cool fan theory. Yeah. That would make sense, which yeah. is why he's trying to preserve it I, a lo- as long as possible. No, no, that's absolutely wonderful, and that would if that is the if that is the case. I mean, that just you completely understand immediately why he's always putting the jeep back together and he Definitely. can't lose it. So because mm-hmm. it's it would be sort of the the last thing that he has of his mother and right. that would mm-hmm. just be a wonderful and awesome. And if it's not that way, maybe we should just steal it and do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, do that. <laughs> I don't know. Do that <laughs> Meredith, get your writer's credit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for calling in, Meredith. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Awesome question. Okay, so let's talk about how we're going to fight these Dread Doctors. Because they're operating at a frequency we don't even know. You know what? I've been thinking about this. Okay. An apple a day. 
keeps, keeps the, the doctor away. away. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. I'm out. Clever. <laughs> no, this is cheese fest every time. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, we have another caller. Maybe they have an idea how we can fight the dread doctors. Caller, what's your name? Where are you from? My name is Sharwin. I'm from Tennessee. Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling in, Sharwin. Do you have a question for Will Wallace, writer on MTV's Team Wolf, in studio with us? Well, I know I have a question for him. It's more for the entire panel, I guess. Um, <laughs> as I look back at this season and try to figure out all the craziness and the chaos, I was thinking back to some of the, <clears throat> I guess, opening credits from past seasons where Lydia, you see, I think it's in season three, you see all the hands that are coming up from the earth. So I didn't know if that had something to do with all these different chimeras mm. that were being reborn. And also the... I think it was a preview of Scott where he was fighting his his reflection and having to figure out if he was a good alpha or a bad alpha. So it's kind of one of those things where I'm just kind of wondering if those things are all going to play into this season or not. Ooh, I feel like we should let Will really <laughs> will fly good. Because I don't know, but those would be awesome theories if they were true, Sharwin. Will, what's your comment on that? Well, there's definitely something to be said about who are we and who is inside and are we the same person inside as we are out. And that's definitely something to keep in mind, you know, always throughout our show. I mean, that's definitely, as you saw in uh, 3A when, you know, Scott's running up the stairs and the alpha shadow is following him, you know. I mean, that's always been one of his greatest fears is that because... Peter bit him, and we've seen only the worst of Peter, you know, it's like, is, is that me? Has mm-hmm. that been passed on to me? Is that what I'm going to be? And then, and it could be the same thing with Kira now, where it's this, this thing inside of her, the fox spirit, the kitsune is coming out, and it's not very happy, you know? So is it like, is this me? Is this destiny? Is this, is this all I can be? You know, and uh, we'll just have to keep watching and see what happens with that. What about the hands coming out of the earth? <laughs> yeah, that that I really mentioned. love that. That's really no, no, cool. that was wonderful and awesome. Uh, that isn't any kind of uh, uh, Easter egg. You know, that was just a fun thing we got to do uh, on our stage one day. And actually, a whole bunch of the people from up in the production office, uh, they can point out their hands. You know, like Mary Shabilsky, who works for us, that's one of her hands coming up. And, uh, that's funny. And, yeah, but there is always, uh, since 3B, I think there's always been some kind of clue to what is happening in this season. Because, like, in 3B, you got the Oni mask before we even revealed them, so you didn't know what you were seeing at the time. Mm-hmm. And the same could be said with our opening credits right now, is that maybe mm-hmm. you're seeing something you don't understand yet. And at the end Ooh. of the season, at the end of all of five, it, you might be like, oh, my God, it was there the whole time. Wow. You know, so. Well, pay attention well, to those credits for season <laughs> five, Sharwin, and thanks so much for calling in. Those were great questions. Very Thank good. you very Thank much. Thank you so much. Hi. Thank you all. all right, Thank bye. you. I really love the callers tonight. Yeah. Very good. Everyone's on top of their game. On point. We, it looks like we have, have another, another one. caller. Another caller. Caller, Popular. what's your name? Where trying are you to get from? the secrets. Uh, my name is Anna. I'm from Kansas. Hello. Hi. Do you have a question for Will Wallace? Yes. My question is, um, if we could go back to that number, the 115, because mm-hmm. the way I saw it yesterday on the episode... I was, like, wondering if instead of it being, because a lot of people are saying it could be a road or it could be the page number from the book, mm. but it kind of looked um, Japanese kanji-ish to me. Ooh. I was, like, wondering if it's, like, something like that. 
might have I mean, code. It does. That five is very familiar. That is something we saw. Uh, the backwards five uh, it was very important in three B. Mm-hmm. So. Anything is possible. Those are all great theories. I really agree with that one, actually, because she doesn't even know that she could speak Japanese. So to be able to do that, that may have been unconscious as well. Very true. Yeah. Very true. You're good. You're good. Yeah, I like that. Any ideas how we can fight the Dread Doctors? God only knows. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on there myself. <laughs> right. Well, thanks so much for calling in. And we're, we really appreciate your support and watching the show. And thanks so much. Yes, thank you. Please watch No the problem. Show. Thank you. Have a thank good you. one. All right, guys. So before we get into our interview with you, Will, I want to just talk about how Theo has apparently, the Dread Doctors are supposed to tell him everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like... I don't know what's going on, but that he is, like, the leader in this, or, you know, is he an experiment? Is he a chimera? Like, is he the lead experiment that's supposed to do something in the end? Like, what do you guys think? How does he even understand what they're saying? <laughs> <laughs> they just, like, mumble. <laughs> they sound like Wednesday. They sound like Bane. like, rah, rah, rah. Okay. I was born in the dark. <laughs> like, how do you understand, Theo? <laughs> He takes a special talent to understand what the Dread Doctors are saying. <laughs> okay, I, be that's tricky. why he's the only person who works with him. Everyone else is like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know. He had that special skill on his resume. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I can off. speak Dread Doctor. So exactly. <laughs> okay, I don't think he's an experiment. I think that he thinks that he's working with the Dread mm. Doctors, but because they're hiding that information from him, I think at the end it could... They could turn on him at some point. Right. So, Theo, I feel like, is going to continue to be that lone wolf that is pretty much angry that he doesn't have a pack. So, that's my prediction. What about you, Kristen? I mean, he's kind of psycho at this point. The fact that I got to see him, like, watch his sister die and not help her, that was the last thread for me. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't think that he is being, he's going to be okay. Like, I don't think we can save him. Like, I thought that Scott would, in the end, save him somehow and, and, you know, turn him into a part of the pack, but after watching someone enjoy their sister dying, I don't really think that you can come back from that. I don't know that we can fix that. I don't Mm -hmm. know that Scott can fix that. I don't know that you can fix that, Will. Mm -mm. Uh, (laughs) Well, I can't say that yet, because we are just now right in the second half of the season, uh, which is awesome so far. But, um, and that's always definitely something we've been talking about with Scott, is like, each season he kind of has a new type of villain to mm-hmm. deal with, and that's something uh, that's come up in the room is is can everyone be saved? You know, because mm-hmm. that's always his thing is we save everyone. You know, and that's just a question of is that possible? You right. know, and so we'll just have to keep seeing uh, what happens with Scott on that journey and see what happens. But Theo is clearly a bad apple and right. mm-hmm. is in no way a good guy. he's, yeah, he's very it's bad. Terrible. So. Liam. Have brought up an interesting point. He said to Scott, "Are you going to do everything in your power mm-hmm. to save Hayden?" So, in my eyes, that meant, "Will you kill for her?" Because mm-hmm. we haven't seen him kill. So, no, we have not. Do you guys That's think that he lot would kill? Of pressure. I don't know if he's going to go that far. To be honest, I know Liam really wants her to stay alive because it, you can tell that he really loves her or cares about her. Is that just me? Yeah, no, I he, see. It. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely think that that's why he's more adamant about him saving him, but. I don't know if he's going to take one for the team just yet. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I know, Brittany. I saw you. Go for <laughs> what? It. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, after listening to the conversation between 
uh, Theo and Styles. The whole talk of justifiable homicide, self defense. <coughs> I mean, mm-hmm. when we use the word killing, it's so raw. You know, you go yeah. out and kill somebody. But I feel like if put into a situation where you're backed into a corner and you have to defend yourself, I think that Scott is going to eventually have to do everything in his power to protect himself and his family. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i still stuck on the fact that I only think Scott's going to kill if it has something to do with Styles. That mm-hmm. is my biggest thing. I don't think he would ever Not let even anything... Not either? His mother or Styles. But those are the two yeah. that I'm like, he would kill for them. I don't know about anyone else. I just feel like, at that point, if Scott does kill this season, that's when Styles will be like, okay, man, I did it too! that conversation that's how I felt because he was like Styles how did it feel when you killed that guy and he's mm-hmm. like good and oh, yeah, he was like yep mm, I got that <laughs> Well, that scene was very important because that is something to talk about where, uh, you know, that our characters are talking about something that people have been talking about for years is we've always had if you kill an innocent person, your eyes turn blue. Mm-hmm. And then Theo's like, well, what does innocent mean? Like, I was protecting myself and my eyes aren't blue, so what does that mean? It was Does that mean that, that the chimera I killed wasn't innocent? Or, and then Styles was like, well, maybe you just don't feel bad about it. And he's like, well, maybe I don't, but it's, you know, you know, it's just like, what, you know, what is innocent and what is killing, mm-hmm. you know, because you're right, I mean, it's justifiable homicide versus murder, you know, so it's, it's, it, 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 we are definitely getting into the gray area of how do we tread lightly in these situations of death, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. And one other thing, I'm sorry, I'm like so excited, you guys. Um, okay, so in that scene, I really felt like him asking um, Styles if it felt good was to see if he, how far would Styles go? Because Theo has that same nature where he's, he has a manipulative nature. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he has those eyes because he technically has never killed anyone, he, but he has used people to kill others. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's seeing, okay, let's see how what Styles is up to. Can I use him at some point? So. I don't know. Did anybody else get that from that scene? Yeah. I mean, obviously, he feels good when people die. He seemed like he was enjoying himself on that bridge watching his sister die, and that was super creepy. Mm. So, I mean, I You're, I you're pretty traumatized by that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> no, it is traumatizing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are you guys confused at all while Styles said it felt good? I mean, I was kind of shocked by that only... Oh, I understand. The only part I can understand is that that guy was after him and his father. So... I don't know. I, I think maybe his word should have been relieved. Well, else. Uh, yeah. well, a little clarity. He didn't say it felt good. Okay. He said, you know, what were you thinking? You know, what was going through your head? Mm. And I and I thought, good, that he's dead. And mm. you're right, you know, because he was saying, yeah. I'm going to kill okay. you, kill your dad, you know. And, right. and it's like, and, and Styles is like, I saved my father's life, you know, and I saved my yeah. life. And clearly Donovan wasn't a great guy. Right. A lot of anger right. issues and was willing to... To now that he had this newfound power to exact this this vengeance that he believes is his you know sort of uh, not birthright but his right to to exact because you know we 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 learned that uh, Stalinsky's uh, old partner was his father and he was injured in the line of duty and became uh, uh, paralyzed because of it so you know it, it's 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 exact it, it's fun getting into Styles' headspace mm-hmm. you know and figuring out and then when he says good. It's not like, oh, I'm so happy I got to murder right. somebody, because that's not what happened. Yeah. But it, it's like, I, you know, it, it, it could be interpreted, it felt good. You know, I, I thought good 
because mm-hmm. I stopped someone who was trying to hurt me and other people. Right. Okay. You know? and we just needed more words there, so I feel like if he did record that, <clears throat> it's going to look bad. Oh, <laughs> it's <yeah>. very possible. <laughs> Instead of good. Anyway, Never before trust we the run L. out of time, I want to learn about Will Wallace. Oh, boy. Yeah. Freedom! <laughs> I'm sorry. I that, that is in. literally <laughs> all you need to know. Have that been is holding it. that in. I've been like, like just bursting with the... Braveheart reference. You know what? Will <laughs> thought that his Twitter might be not Braveheart because that's his Facebook. That's my Facebook. It's not Braveheart. Braveheart. Facebook.com slash not, not Braveheart. Fa- not Braveheart. That's if you great. do want to follow Will Wallace, it's um, at Mr. Blue795 on Twitter. That's at Mr. Blue795. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I want to know, you know, what maybe specifically from your childhood brought you out here to the industry? Made you want to become a writer? Do you remember writing as a kid? I know the exact moment. My dad took me to see Star Wars on the big screen. They were doing the re-release of the special editions, and I'd grown up watching those films. I wore out dozens of uh, tapes watching it, but I'd never seen it on the big screen. And then my dad took me. And I just remember the shots where all the oh, I'm going to get really deep. I'm going to get really geeky here. It's when all the X-wings are coming right by the camera <laughs> as they're going towards the Death Star, and I was just like, I just I remember turning to my dad and grabbing his arm and said, "That's what I'm going to do. I wow. want to do this." And he was like, "Oh yeah, I know." As if this was like like he had known always. And then that was nice. in the eighth grade, and from that moment on, it was writing. That was it Aww. for me. And I went to to school for writing, and I came out here, and nine almost nine years later, here I am. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, Yeah, it's magical. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can you tell us about a magical moment in the writer's room? Uh, Yes, a magical moment in the writer's room. This is uh, very selfish on my part. But uh, (laughs) no, it was was in season four. Um, We were working on something and and Jeff just out of nowhere said, oh, well, you're going to write an episode next next season. And I was like, oh, okay, Aww. yeah, that's great. That's and so then cool. uh, and then in season five, uh, I was going to write uh, episode six, but then we, we uh, breaking that episode ended up being tough, and it looked like I wasn't going to get to write one. And then a couple episodes later, it was just Jeff just out of nowhere. It's just like, oh, yeah, you, you, this one's yours. As it's you know for him it's just like, oh this is no big thing and I'm like inside I'm like just <gasps> dying and exploding and I'm like and I'm going over the list of all the people I need to text and call and all this yeah. and then but, I, but of course on the outside I'm like oh yeah 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 it's fine yeah sure whatever how do you get into <laughs> cool. yeah 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 like how do you get into the creative mindset to write an episode and how long does it take to write an ex- episode. Uh, well, the great thing about the way uh, Jeff runs the writer's room is it takes about two weeks for us to break each episode and write an outline all together. Cool. And that's really where the majority of the creativity comes out because we all do it together. And, and uh, of course, each script has you know one writer's name on it because we get to go off and write that script. But really, we all just collaborate and get to break the story and really get in there with the characters and figure out what they want and, and what they need and what they're going through for that particular episode. And that's really where uh, the majority of our creativity gets to come out. Because by the end of those two weeks, we've got like a 15 or 16 page outline, and it's very detailed. And you can mm-hmm. just copy and paste that right in a final draft, and that's about 35 pages. You know, and then it's, and of course, we go in and we, we rewrite and massage the scenes. And, and sometimes we go in and write a scene and realize, oh, we were, this wasn't right, and we figure it out. Out, and then uh, Jeff will do his pass, and then it goes right in front of the camera. So we really don't have a lot of time uh, oh, to do it. Uh, but it's 
It's just the greatest job in the world. No, <laughs> it sounds it intense, is. man. It is. It is very intense, especially when, uh, like I said, the, the sets are right outside the door. Like, you walk through the door, and you're in the hospital reception area, and they're shooting in there all the time, and it's just, you know, you cannot rest on your laurels, because it's like, oh, that's right, they're shooting the episode, and we have, like, three weeks to write the one they shoot next. <laughs> you know, because you know, yeah. by the end of the season, you know, it's we're right up against it, you know, and we can't stop. You know, you can't just you can't just be like, ah, oh, we can't do this today. We need to finish. Like, nope, you don't get to do that because there is so much money on the line, and there are air dates already set. You know, and it's just you got to move, and that's just television. But it's again the greatest job in the world. Now, so. I want to know. Um, I know you guys bounce ideas off each other in the writers' room, <laughs> yep. but is there anybody that you're close to, relatives or people that throw ideas that you're like, oh, that's actually a good idea, and I we won't get, give them their credit, but we get ideas uh, from all over the place. Sometimes we're able to pass those on, sometimes not. Uh, it just depends. But we really try and keep it just in the writers' room and good. to keep things just right there because that can spiral out of control. You very easily, you know, and then, and, and also, I mean, but also because it's like we can't give everyone credit for the ideas. That's just, Mm -hmm. like I said, you know, there are like six of us sitting at a table and all of us are writing that outline, but only one person gets the credit. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just, you know, the way it works and all that. But, uh, uh, my mom, because, uh, I got my mom on the show and she loves the show. And so every now and then, uh, she'll be watching episodes and she'll shoot me a text and be like, I think this is what's happening. Or what if you do this? You know, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, no, no, this is a great idea. I love the Loch Ness Monster. This makes complete sense, you know, and, and, and things like that, you know, so, uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, but I mean, we're always getting ideas, you know, cause there, there are so many fans of this show, you know, so it's, it's kind of impossible not to get pitched ideas and stuff like that. And a lot of people have really good ideas out there, and it's like, oh, I wish we had thought of that. But. Yes. That's awesome. Well, we are officially out of time. Oh, no. No. I know, but we're so thankful to have you in the studio, and is there anything else? I know all your time goes in Teen Wolf. I know that. But is there any side projects, any little writing projects, or uh, anything well, else you're working on? I'm writing for myself all the time. I'm mm-hmm. working on a new pilot, and a friend of mine, uh, we're trying, a friend of uh, a friend and I are trying to write a, a co-write a feature together, so mm. it's just cool. always doing something, you know. But that's but, awesome. Yeah. Well, where can the fans keep up with you on Twitter? I know you don't use it, but today <laughs> we're, we're making you at Mr. Blue seven nine five. You can see all of my tweets from three years ago, <laughs> and it's wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah. Facebook.com slash not braveheart. Yeah, we love that. That's awesome. I'm Kristen Elizabeth Snyder. You can follow me at Cinematic Escape and Cinematic. <laughs> and I'm Courtney Tezno. Keep in touch with me at Tezno's on Twitter and Instagram. I want to know what you guys think. Use the hashtag ABTV Teen Wolf. And I'm Brittany Baldy. You guys can check me out on all social media. And I'm Ryan Malady. You can follow me at Ryan Malady everywhere. Big shout out to the fans tonight. You guys were awesome. The callers were great. Yes. The, yeah. the fans in the chat room were great. You guys are the best fans ever. Keep uh, chatting. Give us a comment on YouTube. Shoot us a tweet on Twitter. We'll tweet be, us. We'll be... Uh, Keep an eye out. And Thank you can you. also tweet Will questions, because obviously he yes. knows better than we do. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. I will be checking my Twitter from now on, since it's awesome. now out there in the world. He's so, yes. back active, you guys. Yes. Thanks yes. to you guys at home. So follow him, tweet him the questions he knows. Freedom. Thanks so much, Will, for joining us today. Thank this you very much. It was such a pleasure having you in studio. It was my pleasure. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. And you guys... Make sure you tune in Tuesdays at 7. We have a special guest every week. Can't wait to talk to you guys about Team Wolf next week. Bye, you guys. Bye. 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 Bye.
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. They do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.